Hello everyone, this is Jerome. I serve as a community pastor here at First Christian Church. Welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm so glad that we get to serve you today through this message. God bless you. Let's get into the word. Right on. Y'all doing good? No, I mean, are you doing good? Yeah! Every day. Yeah. Are you putting your shopping cart away? Always? All right. I see some that aren't. How can you even call yourself a Christian? So in honor of my relentless do the small stuff, even to the point of putting your shopping cart away, Kathy bought me a Hot Wheels shopping cart. It actually says, so the name of this is Aisle Driver. But when you're done driving in the aisle, put the thing away. All right, here we go. So good. I'm sorry, I just, I can't help it. So good. We have uh, <clears throat> family that we haven't seen for a while because of the crazy year, and we're just starting to get back together. And it's awesome. Uh, how many of you have ever been stuck? Like, hopelessly stuck? I uh, I had hooked up with my pickup to one of our trailers one Saturday morning to go to one of these cleanup jobs that we do frequently and put it in gear and it wouldn't go. And I thought, what is the deal? And then I just remembered, oh, you forgot to move the blocks in front of the tires of the trailer, you know. Well, that was an easy fix and thankfully nobody else was around to see it. So don't tell anybody that I did that. In January, I went up north above Payson just for about three days of R&R to uh, exhale, and they had just had about four feet of snow a few days earlier, so it was beautiful winter wonderland, and, and I'm, some roads I'm on are kind of snow packed, but ice underneath, and I got stuck, like hopelessly stuck. I'd even taken a shovel. I was trying to find gravel that wasn't frozen solid to put in, and I couldn't do it. And I finally had to eat crow and humble myself and ask these guys with the tra a tractor to pull me out because my wannabe two-wheel drive pickup couldn't do it. And it was embarrassing that I had to ask these mountain men to pull me out. But I did tell anybody. You know, sometimes... We just need help. We get stuck, and we can't we can't get unstuck um, when we aren't making progress. There's always a reason. Not just when you get your car stuck, but even in your life, and it's usually an obstacle that only we can remove from our own lives. It's just how bad do you want it? Do you want to stay where you are? Or do you want to move? 
forward. Sometimes it's a lack of know-how. We just don't know how. And that's the easiest thing to fix. Okay? We can all learn new tricks no matter how old of a dog we are. Um, perhaps you're asking that question now. I keep hearing you talk about making disciples. How do I make disciples? Well, we, we can learn that. One thing we're offering, and I just want to put in a plug for this training that's coming up on the 13th and the 20th, Saturday mornings, two Saturday mornings in a row from 8 to noon. I know that's a big chunk, but it'll be worth it. Our tell training about how to engage God's word in a natural, meaningful, organic way and share the story as it just flows out of you. We're going to learn how to do that. Some of our groups have really been focusing on that, and I'm telling you what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing has been transforming. So please consider those trainings. That is a lack of know-how. It's a, I don't know how. Okay, well, we can learn how. That's an easy thing to fix. Sometimes we're stuck because of a lack of willingness. I just don't want to. And this is a problem with our will. And other times we're stuck because of a lack of motivation. I just don't care. I don't give a rip. And people, that's a problem of the heart. Those are not as easy to fix. And it's this will problem that we have. It's this heart problem that we're going to talk about today. And it's actually represented by four kinds of dirt in one of Jesus' most famous parables. You know it as the parable of the sower. Today we're calling it the problem of the soil. So we're going to get into this right now. And I've asked uh, Philippe Gardner to come up and help me with the first part of this story. And I'm going to follow up with the second part, and um, there's method in my madness, so I didn't have to memorize the whole thing. No, really, we, we both did, but Philippe is uh, relatively new at FCC, but he's jumped in with both feet, and he's loving Jesus, he's learning to love him more, and the story is making an impact on this guy, so he's going to lead us through the first part of the problem of the soil. Good morning, everyone. A lot more liveliness at the second shift. I need to take that back to, or second service. I need to take that back to first service to tell them to step up their game. <laughs> um, so just real quick, um, this, you know, part of this tells stories. You know, this is just something that I was asked to do on a Wednesday in one of the connection groups. So um, you don't need to come with props. You don't need to do any of that, right? Just as, these are things I saw on my way out, out of the door of my house to say. I think that could probably help me tell the story and remember something a little bit better. So don't think that this is like some kind of set thing. Whatever feels comfortable for you, like dive into your creativity. Okay? So here we go. Once again, Jesus began teaching along the lake shore. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat, and all the, while all the other people remained on the shore, he taught them many stories using parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to sow some seed, to plant some seed. As he was scattering his seed across his field, some fell along a footpath, and, and birds came and ate it. 
Some fell. Some fell in shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly, but it soon started wilting in the hot sun. Because it did not have deep roots, it died. Some seed fell among thorns, which quickly grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still, other seed fell among fertile soil, which sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Anyone with an ear to hear should listen and understand. Okay. So typically, we'd run through this a couple times, but just from time perspective. We're going to just kind of do a call and response. I think Chuck's done the, uh, Pastor Chuck has done this, done this with us a few times before. So I'll kind of get you guys to figure, like, to get you to recall the pertinent pieces of the story through questions, okay? So um, who, what's Jesus out doing something? What's Jesus out doing? He's teaching. Where is he teaching? He's on the lakeshore. Um, what happened? When, when Jesus teaches, what typically happens? Yeah, a large crowd gathered around. Um, so what did he do? Because he's probably, I'm imagining he's getting pushed in back in the water. What does he do? Steps in the boat. And then he sits down and the crowd stays where? Stays on the shore. Um, what does, how does, de, how does Jesus teach us? How is, how is he teaching the people in the Bible? Yeah, he's teaching, tell, he tells many stories through parables. Um, and then such as this one. So there's four types of soil, right? Where does the first seeds, where do the first seeds land? Footpath, exactly. Um, some seeds fell among the footpath. And what happens to those? Ate them up, yeah. The birds came and they ate it immediately. No sprouting, all right? Second set of seeds, second soil. Where did those land? Shallow, or rocky soil, right? So what happened, what happened to those? They did, but what happened before the sun burnt them up? They sprouted, they sprouted quickly, right? Because there was still a little bit of soil. Exactly. And then, then they started to wilt in the hot sun. And because they didn't have deep roots, what, what happened to them? They died. All right? Third soil, third seeds. Where did those fall? Thorns. Among the thorns. And what happens with the thorns? They choked him out. Um, what, what did they choke out? He uses a really ten, like a, a delicate word here. What, is, what kind of plants did he choke out? Tender, just tender plants, right? They've heard it, they're there, they, the seeds are started, but they get choked out. Um, and then, and then um, what happens to these? What, what can they not produce? They produce no grain. Or soil, or seeds. Uh, where do these fall? Fertile soil. Wonderful soil. And then what happens to these? What happens to a seed that we plant in fertile soil? There's three things. It's first they have to sprout, then they have to grow, and then they produce. And what do, what do they produce? How big was this crop that they produced? 30, 60, 100. Exactly. As 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he comes back and says to them again, anyone with ears to hear, should listen and understand. And I'll leave the rest of this story up to Chuck to talk about what the parable is. One more word I will leave you with, and that is the preparation of this. Um, this is not my day job <laughs> or anything like that. 
But in preparing, when I was asked to bring this to Wednesday night, in the preparation of letting that word get into my heart, the preparation of rereading that story, I, I put it onto a recorder and I played it back to myself, listening, listening, and really letting that word sink in, tell you there's something powerful in preparation. It's not all about the delivery. The delivery just happens when it happens. That preparation is where the work is done. Amen. At least that's what I've seen. So, you know, spend some time with that. And uh, thank you all. And, um, you know, we've made this thing about disciple-making rocket science. But, well, you can do that, Doug, or you can do that, Jerome, but I can't. And that's just not true. This is a repeatable, reproducible thing, and it's all about letting God's Word get in you to do its work in here and then come back out of you to share with someone. Thank you, Kaylee, for doing that. And now for the rest of the story. <laughs> we have people here who don't know who Paul Harvey is. When Jesus was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parable. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside... Everything is said in parables that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Commercial break. That's a hard saying. He's quoting from the Old Testament. I want you to let his explanation of the parable interpret what he just said for you. Okay? Don't get all hung up on that. Let Jesus explain in the rest of this story. Okay? And so he told his disciples and these others that had asked him about the parable, don't you understand the meaning of this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed that falls on the path. They hear the word, but Satan comes and quickly takes away what was sown in them. Other people, like seed sown on rocky soil, hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But when trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away because they have no root. Still other seed, like seeds, other people, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, and the deceitfulness of wealth and their desires for other things choke the word, making it unfruitful. But others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times more than what was sown. 
Where's the problem in this story? Is it with the farmer? Is it with the seed? Or is it with the dirt? The problem is in the soil, right? Hmm. So what can we do about that? Just a few observations as we work through this. The past is the hard soil or the hard heart that is extremely vulnerable to Satan's lies. When your heart is hard, you almost willingly believe everything except the truth. It's interesting. Now this might represent someone who is seeking, or maybe not, but they haven't really sought with their whole heart, and they never ever end up truly believing. They're just stuck in chair one. Maybe they never made it to chair one, this continuum of progression to be like Jesus all the way to, from a seeker to a disciple maker is represented by the different chairs. And this person never makes it beyond the first chair. The rocks are the shallow soil or the shallow heart. And the problem with shallow believers is they cannot endure trouble or persecution. When the going gets tough, they fail because they have no root, because they have not deepened their faith so that no matter what, they're not going to turn their back on Jesus and on their family of God. This might be the believer who's in chair two, but they never grow to experience the joy of actually becoming a worker don't have the strength of the root that they need. The thorns, the thorny soil represents a divided heart and worries and money or the desire for money or the desire for other things always make the kingdom of God take a back seat in their lives. This would be a believer who maybe even just stopped believing or they stopped making progress. They never, ever grow. People, there's a warning in this story for us. I want you to seriously discern what the thorns in your life are. Are you hanging on to something that you just can't let go of? Your worries, your concerns. Jesus is looking at your hands and he's saying, what, what are you hanging on to? What's in there? Why won't you just release it to me? Give it to me. Trust me with what it is that you're worried about. Or the deceitfulness of wealth. Felix version, the New Living Translation, says the lure of money. Man, it is a lure. It's almost irresistible. Or just desires for other things. What is the thorn in your life? It will choke out the word, and you will never, ever go through unless you kill those weeds, those thorns in your life. And then there's the good soil. This is the heart that's open. It's ready. It's receptive. It hears, accepts, obeys the word, and produces a bountiful crop. And these are people that 
that are doing what Felipe is experiencing in his preparation to learn these stories so that they're actually in his heart. God's word says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Remember what David said. He said, Lord, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If it's not in you, it's not in you. Can't even make a you can't even make a as profound. Yes, I know. And you can't even make the Gatorade commercial. Did you notice that all four types of soil get the seed? All four of them hear the word. But there's only one that makes it to fruitfulness. The others either get eaten up. Or they wither and die. Or they get choked out by the other things in their life. Just a few more observations. Notice some things about these types of soil. The hard heart. The seed never even germinates. It never sprouts. It doesn't get a chance. It gets eaten by the enemy. He snatches it away when your heart is heart. Is hard. In the shallow heart, the rocks, and the divided heart, the thorns, these are people that can't endure trouble or persecution. What's going to happen if things get dicier in our country for people like you, people of faith? What are you going to do when someone says, well, you can't talk about that here? What are you going to do? And the list goes on and on and on. Will you find that you have no root and you just bail and you cave in? People, we're going to need each other. We're going to need the encouragement of the family of God to stay strong going to need to sink our roots deep. It's knowing what God has told you in his word that will see you through times like this. Three out of the four hearts, three out of the four people in this parable never ever make it to fruitfulness. The seed will only survive and sprout and grow and grow to maturity and produce fruit in Good dirt. Which begs the question, what kind of dirt are you? Seriously. What kind of dirt are you? Now, in our discipling efforts, because Jesus has called us not just to follow him, not just to be his disciples, but to be disciple makers. That's what he said. Go into all the world and show up at church. Go from one Christian meeting to the next. At least on Christmas and Easter. No, he said go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't even say and be my follower. He said make more of you. 
reproduce. So in our disciple-making efforts as followers of Jesus, that's what we've been called to. That's our basic job description. There really isn't another one. How do we, when we encounter people with hard hearts or people who receive the word initially with joy, but then they just sort of fall away, or people who we recognize have thorns in their lives. They have things that are choking out what God wants to do in them. Their hearts are divided. You know. what, what do we do? Do we just bail on these people? Say, well, sucks to be you. Too bad you're not good soil. <laughs> Let me ask a question. How many of you remember your life B.C., before Christ? It's not a good memory. Okay, I know. How did you come to know Jesus? How many of you had a friend or an acquaintance or someone in your life who already knew Jesus and modeled following him for you and brought you to him? How many? Raise your hand. Come on, get them up there. Now look around. Look around. Most of this church would not be here today if it wasn't for a relationship that you had with someone who may have only been one step ahead of you in following Jesus, but they shared that with you, and they brought you into a relationship with your Creator. That is huge. People, think about this. The whole story in the Bible, God's story is about how our Creator wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know Him. The Old Testament Jews got it way wrong when they invented the Tetragrammaton, the four Hebrew consonants without vowel markings because they felt like God's name was so holy they couldn't pronounce it, or they shouldn't. That is not true. God wants us to know him by name. He told Moses, tell him, I am has sent you. And all the names for him throughout the scriptures, he wants us to know him. And he has sent people like you to those who don't know him yet so you can love them and start breaking up this hard, Heart with your love, with your with your refusal to abandon them, with your your insistence that you will love them even they though they don't believe yet, that you will love them even though they disagree with you, even though you can't stand their politics or whatever it is, your love will help them move the rocks out of their lives so they can see see through it. Your love, your relationship, your relentless pursuit of these people will kill the weeds and the thorns in their life so that someday they will not want anything else but to know Jesus like you know Jesus. Amen. People, this is the joyful work of being a fruit-bearing, bountiful, crop-producing disciple-making disciple. That is who we are. That is who we are supposed to be. 
And I guess the only questions for us are, how fruitful do you want to be? Or do you just want to be a pretty little plant, pretty little tree that never, ever gives its owner anything? How fruitful do you want to be? Question number one. Question number two, we've already asked once, and we ask it again. What kind of dirt are you? What kind of dirt do you want to be? What is the big idea in this story for you? That's our question. And uh, I, I just want to hear, what, what has God spoken to you in these last few minutes? What is Jesus telling you about yourself? Raise your hand if you want to share. What is the big idea here for you? Some of you need to be vulnerable and, and say, hey, I'm, I've got this thorn in my life, and if I don't deal with it, it's going to choke out what God is doing. I need to clear the rocks away so that my roots can go deep. Anyone? We've got one here. Oh, okay. Hi. Um, God truly knows our hearts, and he knows who he's going to call. My best friend was in prison. She came to know the Lord there. When she got out of prison, she introduced me to the Lord. And it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. okay, you have it. Okay, I'm on my way. But God got a hold to me a few years later. And he put that hunger within me to seek the truth. I didn't know what truth I was seeking, but I wasn't satisfied until God approached me, sent a clown to my house, and introduced the Lord to me. And uh, I went to the church. A drunk gave me all these biblical literatures to read. I compared all these different Bibles because I was hungry. I wanted to know what the truth is. And uh, God did some mighty things in my life. And I came to know that he is real. Awesome. Praise the Lord. And I thank the Lord. Thank and, God uh, for his patience to, uh, to break up that hard ground in your heart. Anybody else? Mike, is coming. Oh, you got it. Okay. I got it real quick. Um, I just want to say, uh, me personally, I have lived out every different type of soil in my life. Um, for anybody who may be feeling discouraged because maybe they have some bad soil, I just want to say, just stay in the Word of God. Get surrounded by godly people and endure because He will remove those rocks, the hard dirt the thorns, everything. It just takes perseverance and getting in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can transform any one of us and living proof right, right here. Right right Thank here. you, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Someone else? Yeah, I was I was struck by the brothers, uh, the NLT, the lure of riches, and it reminded me that Jesus has made us fishers of men but Satan is fishing too. And and wealth is a pretty big hook that he uses to get us into his boat so he can do his thing with us. That's my takeaway from it. Yeah. Big hook, big thorn to take us out. I was just thinking that um, I have four adult children and they've all been lied to by this world. They've all been as children receive the Lord and through the years, through their friends and society in general, 
there's so many lies out there. And uh, I realize, you know, the Lord's prompting me because, you know, I, I've, we all have, you know, we're a soil, but, you know, the Lord, you know, soil in, in reality is, is fixable. I mean, it's not damaged beyond repair. You could take bad soil and have added nutrients, and the Lord does that in our lives through many different avenues. But for me, uh, recently, the Lord's just been touching me to just to, to have, you know, to pray each morning to have my ears open and then to, you know, have his speaking to be something I'm actually listening because there's so many times the Lord speaks and is trying to add nutrients to our soil. And personally, I shut him down. I just say, I'm afraid or I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to talk to somebody because of the way they might react to me. I don't want to talk to my kids because they might not think I'm cool or whatever it is. And, but the times that I do listen, uh, if I can just get beyond that fear and then also to do to, to know that uh, as everybody just raised their hands, it's so true. There's so many people that the Lord is chosen, but he needs us to, to open their eyes just by opening our mouths, just by handing them a pamphlet or to tell them that the Lord loves them and, uh, and not to be afraid of what their response is going to be. Just send the message, but don't be afraid of, of what their response is going to be. Great. Thank you. Anybody else? Up here. Rose? She's coming. I just want to say, too, yes, I've got thorns, I've got it all, and you know, just praying that God just tills up and, and you know, maybe the soil that's perturbed just, you know, start to wake up a little bit more because we always have and, you know, a lot. And I just thank you for, you know, the community, for the love, you know, with just all being here because um, I want my heart. Amen. Thank you, Rose. We give it back to God. Thank you, Rose. Can we pray for you? Let's pray for Rose. She was courageous and admitted that she's got some thorns. Lord, we, we pray for Rose and we ask that you meet her in this moment, your story, just as you said in your word, where you reminded us that your word is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges, reveals the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And you, you do that, God, every time with these stories. You've done it for Rose and for many of us this morning. We just pray for our dear sister that you meet her in this moment, that you help her to give these thorns that are choking out the good work that you began in her to you. We renounce them. We rebuke them in the name of Jesus. And we reclaim our sister in love and for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. She wants to share one more thing. 
I just also want to say too, you know, God does penetrate the heart. You know, people may see the the what that's going on, but that division, uh, you know, God taking the sword and doing that, you know, He knows not just the what, but the why, because He He goes in, and he, you know, because He really, really finds and knows what's going on. So, He's good. He does. He does. And. Did, did you guys hear that? I, I want to make sure that we all heard what Rose just said. God knows what's going on in my heart, in your heart, in anyone's heart. He knows. Guess who doesn't know? We don't. We don't know. But he does. And so we need to lower our agenda for people and raise our expectations that when we share his story with them, he will penetrate their heart with it. His word will do that. Your hammering and preaching probably won't. But his word shared at the right moment, even a story that you've been learning, will touch people's hearts and allow God to go in and do his thing and do his work. Right on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and for your word to us. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>